Hi everyone, my name is Kara, and today I will be reading you Lesson 1. For those of you that don't know, Lesson 1 is pages 3 through 5, and then 12 through 17. I have decided to read Lesson 1 because I feel as if it is important to have a very strong foundation when understanding anthropology and biological anthropology. I think the textbook does a really good job of introducing that and building a really nice foundation, so that's where I would like to start today. So let's dive right in here. Chapter 1. Human Biology, an Evolutionary and Biocultural Perspective What are the big questions? What is human biology, and what do human biologists study? What constitutes the shared biology of people and other non-human species? What are novel characteristics of the human species? And can the time of origin and the reasons for the evolution of these new and novel features be determined? What biological differences are there among the, and within living human populations? And how are these differences the product of both evolution over generations and plasticity during an individual's lifetime? There are several of the big questions in the field of human biology. This book summarizes current research aimed at answering these questions. The major points of this chapter are the following. 1. Human biology is a well-defined discipline. 2. Human biology is founded on an evolutionary perspective. 3. The recognition of different types of biological adaptation, including processes of plasticity in development and behavior, is at the core of human biology. And number 4. A biocultural and cross-cultural perspective is a unifying principle of all human bio biological research and thinking. In this chapter, we introduce the subject of this book, Human Biology, and the evolutionary and biocultural perspective that human biologists use in their work. While there are a number of disciplines that could, and some do, call themselves human biology because they deal with human biological characteristics, the human biology covered in this book is a discipline concerned with variation in biological traits, both among living and within human populations and understanding the origin, maintenance, and implications of this variation. Human biologists investigate the genetic, environmental, and cultural determinants of biological variability in living people. 
They study how the human species evolved, how individual humans change over the lifespan, how humans adapt to external stressors, and how human biology and culture interact to shape disease risk. Human biologists' primary interest is in biological, as opposed to behavioral, characteristics. Among the main topics that human biologists study are variation in genetic traits, disease, health, nutrition, climate responses, growth, aging, and demography. One important feature of human biology is its interest in all human populations. This interest reflects the fact that most human biologists are trained as anthropologists, especially in the United States. And like anthropologists, human biologists often study remote groups whose lives are very different from those most of the readers of this book. For example, the authors of the chapters in this book have conducted field work in Alaska, Dominica, Mexico, Guatemala, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Kenya, Zaire, Egypt, Tibet, Siberia, China, the Philippines, and Samoa. But human biologists also study populations in industrialized countries, and you will see many examples of this research in this book. Human biologists study populations around the world because they're interested in understanding the effects of the many different environments with which humans must cope and are often particularly interested in responses to severe environmental stressors such as the extreme cold in Alaska and Siberia or the very high altitudes in Peru and Bolivia. Because human biologists frequently collect data in the field, meaning outside the laboratory or hospital setting, some traits are more feasible for them to study than others. It would be very difficult and expensive to conduct research using CT scans on a large portion of the world's populations. On the other hand, the instruments for measuring height and weight can be transported relatively easily to even the most remote location. As you read about human biology research, you will see the emphasis we place on developing methods that can easily be used in the field. Over the last several decades, new data collection and analysis methods have greatly increased the questions that human biologists can answer. There are now smaller instruments such as portable heart rate monitors and accelerometers to measure energy expenditure, collection methods that do not require access to electricity such as measuring hormones from saliva rather than from whole blood, and techniques that reduce the burden of research uh, the burden uh, on the research participants, such as analysis of blood proteins from spots of blood from a finger prick dried on filter paper rather than blood drawn from a vein. Box 1.1 Definitions of Human Biology There is no single, all-encompassing definition of human biology. This is due to the fact that biology of the human species is studied from a variety of disciplines, each with its own perspective. These disciplines vary from the practical applications of clinical medicine for the treatment of human disease 
to studies to better understand the basic physiological pathways and mechanisms in the human body to research aimed at understanding the adaptive slash evolutionary context of human biology. Here, we offer a definition and a mission statement found in university catalogs and descriptions of the topics covered in three journals with human biology in their titles to provide a taste of the diversity of thought throughout human biology. Number one. Lowborough University Human Biology Program Definition Quote, Human biology is the study of humans from the cellular and individual level to the population level. Human biologists study human anatomical structure and function and investigate the determinants of biological and behavioral variability in people, including genetic, environmental, and cultural factors. Human biologists study how the human species evolved, how the species changes over the lifespan, how humans adapt to external stressors, and how human biology and culture influence disease risk. Graduates go on to a diverse range of careers, including research, teaching, medicine, or allied professions, laboratory work, or graduating training schemes. The degree the degree is unique for its emphasis on applied, individual, and population-level biology and the internal perspective that is generated by staff research interests." End quote. Number two, Stanford University Program in Human Biology Mission Statement. Quote, the program in human biology is an interschool, interdepartmental, undergraduate major. The, the program's Mission is to provide an interdisciplinary approach to understanding the human being from biological, behavioral, social, and cultural perspectives. The curriculum provides a broad and rigorous introduction to the biological and behavioral sciences and their interrelationships, and explores how this knowledge, in conjunction with studies in other fields, can be applied to formulate and evaluate health, environmental, and other public policies that influence human welfare." End quote. Number three. Three journals. One, American Journal of Human Biology. The transdisciplinary areas covered in the journal include, but are not limited to, epidemiology, genetic variation, human biology and demography, physiology, anatomy, nutrition, growth and aging, physical performance, physical activity, and fitness, ecology, and evolution along with their interactions. Two, Annals of Human Biology, a journal of human population biology reporting investigations on the nature, development, and causes of human variation, embracing the disciplines of human genetics, oxology, environmental physiology, ecology, and epidemiology. Three, Human Biology, a worldwide forum for state-of-the-art ideas, methods, and techniques in the field. Human Biology focuses on genetics in its broadest sense. Included under this rubric are human population genetics, evolutionary and genetic demography, quantitative genetics, evolutionary biology, ancient DNA studies, 
biological diversity interpreted in terms of adaptation, biometry, physical anthropology, and interdisciplinary research linking biological and cultural diversity, inferred from linguistic variability, ethnological diversity, and archaeological evidence, etc. As we transition from finishing part one of lesson one, pages three through five, and into part two of lesson one, pages 12 through 17, I thought it might be a nice time to take a little break and introduce to you some of my colleagues helping me with this project this evening. My first colleague that I would like to introduce is named Stella. She is a mini Aussie and she is the sweetest girl on the face of the earth. Miss Stella, would you like to say hello? And that was Miss Stella. She's very sweet. My second colleague that I would like to introduce to you this evening is named Marmalade. She is a tortoise shell cat, medium hair, and she is very grumpy. 90% of the time. So much so that she looked me dead in the eyes and decided she was going to go and hide for the rest of this congregation. So she will not be making an appearance, but she's with us here in spirit. Thank you for listening and let's continue. starting on page 12. But human biologists are interested in long-term evolutionary changes, especially in how the traits they study in living human populations evolved from our homonym ancestors, and how we compare these traits to our primate relatives. Many of our biological characteristics reflect our primate ancestry. So for example, we have a long period of growth, large brains for our body size, and an omnivorous diet. But humans also differ from other primates, and human biologists want to understand when and why humans evolved traits that set them apart from other primates, such as our rel reliance on more nutrient-dense diet than other primates of our body size, or our novel stages of growth, such as childhood and adolescence. Life History Theory the ways in which evolutionary theory addresses how the life cycle evolves play a role in major human biology because of the human biology concern aspects of the human life cycle. Life history theory is the study of evolution and function of life stages and behaviors related to these stages. The life history of a species may be defined as the evolutionary adaptations used to allocate limited resources and energy toward growth maintenance, reproduction, raising offspring to independence, and avoiding death. 
Life history patterns of species are often a series of trade-offs between growth versus reproduction, quantity versus quality of offspring, and other biological possibilities given the limited time and resources available to all living things. Biological anthropologists and human biologists have long been interested in how human growth, development, senescence, and aging differ from that of other apes, our closest philogenic relatives, other non-human primates and mammals. It is easy to document these differences, such as altricial offspring, slow and prolonged growth including childhood and adolescent stages, late start to reproduction, menopause, survival into the 8th and 9th decades, and maximum lifespan over 122 years. Determining the evolutionary forces that produce these and other aspects of life history has not been as easy. Human life history evolution is discussed further in chapters 11 and 13. Biocultural Perspective Human biologists are a peculiar species of mammal, bipedal, omnivorous, relatively hairless, massively encephalized, intensely social, and reliant on complex learned behavior for survival. We, gen we are genetically diverse, although less so than many other species of mammals. Behaviorally, we're extremely diverse. Individuals communicate by using thousands of different languages, are organized into societies with widely varying structures, and solve environmental problems with myriad technological solutions. Thus, humans are a species with a highly developed capacity for symbolic thought and representation. Environmental manipulation and invention, learning, and appreciation of social facts. In short, humans have culture, a system of socially learned behavior and belief. While other animals may have something that could be called culture, no one contests that humans have elaborated culture to a greater extent than any other animal, particularly in the realm of language and symbolic thought. These human peculiarities have ramifications for how we approach human biology. Any understanding of human biology requires that we attend the fact that humans are cultural beings. Human biologists therefore rely heavily on biocultural perspective. This approach recognizes that human biology interacts with culture and can only be understood in the light of culture. Culture both influences our environment and affects how we respond to that environment. Culture can be considered a part of a human package of adaptive strategies, but it can also be a source of change in that both human culture and human biology require continuous flexibility and adaptability in order for humans to survive. There are numerous examples of the ways in which culture shapes the environments to which humans must adapt. The classic cases are the clearing of forests for horticultural establishing conditions for natural selection for hemoglobin S, and the domestication of cattle and other milk-producing animals initiating natural selection for the persistence into adulthood of the ability to digest the sugar in milk. Looking at contemporary events, the ability to quickly travel the globe has, by air has increased the speed of which infectious disease can spread, 
Reductions in physical activity as a result of technological and economic changes are probably a key cause of worldwide increases in rates of obesity. Employment can be an important source of stress, and food shortages due to seasonal nature of human agricultural systems, economic and political inequality, and civil disturbances and war cause disruptions in female ovarian function. Humans respond biologically to all of these biological environmental circumstances, though, as will be discussed further below. Whether these responses can always be considered adaptations is debated. Culture also plays a major role in determining how humans respond to environmental changes. Cultural norms and traditions encode information for dealing with environmental challenges but they also limit the available options for dealing with new environments. Your culture provides information about how to make or where to buy clothing, but it also tells you that not all possible ways of covering the body are acceptable. Cardboard may keep off the rain, but it is not usually considered clothing in the context of European-American culture. These examples below illustrate some of the complexities in fully comprehending the interaction of culture and human biology. While human biologists recognize the importance of culture as it affects human biology, measuring cultural factors and achieving a, co a complete biocultural understanding is frequently more difficult than measuring biocultural characteristics. Poverty. Because human biologists are interested in all human populations, many of the populations they study live under conditions of poverty. Understanding the effects of poverty on human biology and how poverty causes these effects are thus important questions. While at first glance, it might seem poverty is a simple concept, the poor have limited monetary and material possessions. In fact, poverty is complex. There is not one poverty, but many different types of poverty. What it means to be poor in the United States or in another high-income country is very different from what it means to be poor in a low-income country. In the former case, poor children are likely to have clean drinking water and indoor plumbing, while in the latter they will likely not. In most high-income countries, there is universal health care, but not in the United States, and most of the poor have an adequate quantity of food, but not all. Although the food may not be of optimal nutritional value. For the poor and low-income countries, there's usually very limited access to biomedical health care, and there may be chronic or seasonal food shortages. From the descriptions above, one would surmise that the biological effects of poverty are more severe in low than in high-income countries. While this is true overall, it has been long observed that the health measures that do not fit this expectations, such as the fact that life expectancy in Costa Rica is equal to that in the United States despite the higher average income in the United States. In part, this may be the result of greater emphasis on social welfare programs in the former country, but there is also evidence that factors other than purely material causes may be at play in terms of how poverty affects human biology. Many studies have found that health measures are worse in countries or regions with greater income inequality, that is, in areas with larger range in income between the richest and the poorest. This suggests the physio physiological dimension to poverty, 
such that part of being poor is feeling poor relative to others, no matter what your material standard of living. Or as the anthropologist Marshall Solins said, quote, Poverty is not a certain small amount of goods, but a relationship between people, social status, and invidious distinction between classes, end quote. The multifaceted, multifaceted nature of poverty means that human biologists need to consider multiple dimensions to grasp poverty's effects. The material aspects of poverty, such as income, possessions, education, and occupation, describe only part of what it means to be poor. Many of these effects of poverty result in interaction of material poverty with the symbolic belief system. Without knowing that it is culturally important to have beef in the main meal, it would be hard to understand why low-income women in Cali, Colombia, have cow's foot for have cow's hoof or cheek as part of their midday meal, and why they feel humiliation in not being able to afford more acceptable cuts of meat. Knowing the importance of the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday meal and that the meal should contain certain food makes sense of the observation that low-income women in New York State began months in advance buying one item a week for the holiday meal because she knew she would not have enough money to buy all of the symbolically important foods at once. Even the seemingly more straightforward material aspects of poverty need to be examined in a cultural context. The Western definition of what it means to work is not universal, and the possessions that confer status differ around the world. The Maya people of Guatemala, for example, are traditional farmers and have very little money and very few material possessions. Even so, families will expend a relatively large amount of money to sponsor religious rituals through a system of social organizations called cofragias. Doing so serves important theoretical and cosmological functions that maintain the order of the universe and helps to assure good harvest of corn and other foods. Good harvests are vital for the health of the Maya people. Sponsorship also raises the social status of the family within the local community, but may force the family into debt, which is why, which may have negative consequences for family health. A full biocultural approach requires a detailed understanding of the culture in order to be able to appreciate the social and symbolic meanings of behaviors, relationships, and material objects from this identity excuse me, material objects, and from this identify the factors that most likely to affect human biology. From this understanding can come greater insights into the pathways through which environmental factors affect human biology. On page 15, there is a figure called figure 1.2. It states, mob Model of poverty risks showing multiple pathways through which poverty can affect health, growth, and school achievement.
All right, just to recap, we covered lesson one, pages three through five, then pages 12 through 17. Within those pages, we discussed um, biological, or excuse me, biocultural perspective, um, touching on things like poverty, um, the differences between high-income countries versus low-income countries, and what poverty is in general. We covered um, what culture is and how we've developed within our cultures, creating things like um, social construct, um, fashion standards, wearing a box, you, you know, it's not very accepted within most modern societies, creating things like um, air travel, which causes infectious disease, um, and just kind of generally talking about um, how we as humans have a high developmental presence of symbolic language and interpretation. And then also just talking about um, life and how, excuse me, that was my dog barking, sorry about that, um, just talking about life and how we as humans have developed in physical ways of having these elongated lifespans, um, having, uh, you know, hairless bodies compared to our primate ancestors and relatives, um, but those topics specifically will be discussed in later chapters. Next, we will be moving on to um, the vocabulary words that were brought up throughout the reading and going over those definitions. Next up is our vocabulary words. First word, plasticity. The ability of an organism to modify its biology or behavior to respond to changes in the environment, particularly when these are stressful. Stressor. A stimulus that elicits a response. Demography. The study of population statistics, such as mortality, fertility, migration, and their relationship to population growth family formation, and human ecology. Hominin. Living humans and our fossil ancestors that lived after the last common ancestor between humans and apes includes a species of the genera Australopithecus and the Homo. Childhood. Stage in the life cycle from about ages three to seven years, characterized by a moderate growth rate Dependency on older people for feeding. Mid-growth spurt, eruption of the first prominent molar and incisor. And cessation of brain growth by the end of the stage. Adolescence. 
the stage of development that lasts for 5 to 10 years after the onset of puberty, characterized by the adolescent growth spurt in height and weight, permanent tooth eruption, almost complete development of secondary sexual characteristics, sociosexual maturation, and intensification of interest and practice of social, economic, and sexual activities. Life History Changes through which an organism passes its development from its primary stage of life to its natural death. Especially the strategy of an organism uses to allocate its energy towards growth, maintenance, reproduction, raising offspring to independence, and avoiding death. Developmental a progression of changes, either quantitative or qualitative, that lead from an undifferentiated or immature state to a highly organized, specialized, and mature state. Senescence The process of becoming old. The phase from full maturity to death, characterized by an acclimation of metabolic products, decline in function, and decreased probability of reproduction and survival. Phylogenetic, dealing with the evolutionary relationships among organisms. Menopause, the cessation of the monthly menstrual cycle subsequent to the loss of ovarian function. Encephalitis, brain size in relation to body size. In general, primates are more encephalitis than other animals meaning that they have larger brain-to-body weight ratios. Infectious disease. All diseases that are caused by specific infectious agents or their toxic products. These agents or toxins are transmitted from one person to another, either directly or indirectly. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, sorry I stuttered along the way, but we just did chapters, or excuse me, we just did lesson one, pages three through five, and then 12 through 17. Um, again, my name is Kara, and I appreciate you going through this with me, and I apologize for the background noise, but um, thanks again.